to another season of Sean and Ed's New Baseball. I'm Sean. And I'm Ed's. And we're bringing you baseball history in 2023. That's right. We're a bi-weekly baseball history podcast where the story catcher doesn't know what the story pitcher is going to be throwing at them. And you have no idea <laughs> what right. I'm about to throw it's at you. It's been a bit of time off and, you know, I've, I've de- decompressed <laughs> and, and I'm ready to hear... Uh, a new story from baseball history. We well, have a guest. We have a guest. We have a returning guest. Our first returning guest yes. ever. Well, I guess Matt Marchese did two episodes with us, but mm-hmm. that was... Back to anyways, Same regardless. day, different. <laughs> Sean Smith, everybody. Uh, Sean, uh, wonderful baseball writer, uh, general historian, and general awesome Hamiltonian. Sean, how are you? Well, thank you again for, for having me back. I uh, really enjoyed it the first time and excited to do this again. Well, we're happy to have you back. Actually, we're ecstatic to have you back. <laughs> yeah, we, the, last time we had a pretty intense story for you with Charlie Sweeney, and, but apparently, Sean, you know, this one's going to be fun, so, you know, you can relax a bit today. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I, there wasn't I any... mean, I found the last one fun, but I don't know what that says about me. <laughs> <laughs> there was no warnings before we recorded this time, let's just say. <laughs> right, right. Um, um, so, uh, yeah, Sean, where can people find you and, and find your writing? Because uh, I definitely think people should check it out yeah so you can find me on twitter it's junk underscore baller exactly how you would think you spell that and then if you want to subscribe to my Substack, uh it's junkballloversclub.substack.com and you can find the link at my twitter wonderful and definitely uh you write a lot about the nuances and and the the little things of the game there and and have some wonderful wonderful reflections so check it out thank you so much Check it out. I, I highly recommend it. Yeah, there's been some great reads on there for sure. Oh my god. Uh, and there's another thing that we're gonna we're gonna highly recommend. We actually have a sponsor now. All right. Uh, we do. We do. Sean, uh, I probably should have asked you this before, but but did you do you enjoy a beer every now and I then? I do from time to every now and then. Yes. Every now and then. From time to time. From time to time. So two loons brewing. Uh, we're two baseball loons here, and, and these two guys, my buddy Rosie. Uh, he was a wine delivery guy for so long. He broke his back doing it, but he loved craft beer. We talked long uh, about the craft beer scene. He was very into it. And he told me a few years ago, he said, fuck it. I- I'm quitting delivery. I'm going to start my own brewery. If I don't do it now, I'm never going to do it. And a couple months ago, I walked into an LCBO and uh, two loons brewing everybody. Uh, so their IPA is available now at LCBOs. Uh, check it out. It's delicious. Uh, and of course, uh, make sure you're of legal drinking age and please enjoy responsibly. Absolutely. So check it out. Two Loons Brewing. Uh, they have many more things on the way. Uh, but for now, Sean, grab their IPA next time you're in LCBO. I will. I'll look for it. Thank you. All right. All right. Before we get started, uh, make sure you follow us on Twitter at doing baseball on Instagram at doing dot baseball and TikTok? The TikTok at Doing Baseball? Yeah, I'm at Sean Do Baseball. And I'm at Ed's Do Baseball on Twitter. All right, well, I'm going to open this beer, and we officially started the 2023 Sean Ned's Do Baseball season. All right. Get okay. that pitch out here, buddy. So, Sean, Ed's, 
when I sat down to plan out my stories for 2023, because as I said before, my life's about to get crazy, I thought <laughs> it would be a great plan to do a nice mix between biographies, ridiculous events, on and off the field. And then I found out about this. Okay. And I dropped everything. That's a swerve. So, we're going to start with Bartolo Colon. Mm. Yes. <laughs> a legend. <laughs> Big Sexy. Big Sexy. Are you aware that Big Sexy's hard work and general, I guess, ethic, work ethic on and off the field is because of his pet donkey? Named Pacha. <laughs> I, I think I knew he had a pet donkey. I don't know that I knew that the donkey influenced his workout. Well, he said... I'll say that none of what you said was expected by me. <laughs> no. <laughs> I will say, yes, there's a New York Times article about Cologne. Uh, and he talks about his, his pet donkey uh, just very much how much he watched that donkey work. <laughs> And he translated that to the baseball field. So I'm sure Amazing. You, you guys might think that this episode is about Bartolo Colon at this point. But you'd be wrong. Okay. Oh. You're really leading us astray. Well, <laughs> here's one thing that you probably know. Uh, male donkeys are named jacks or jackasses. Right? Okay. Yes. I didn't realize it was, aware, it was yes. a distinction. Yeah, well... You can call them both. It's kind of interchangeable. Okay. Uh, what are female donkeys called? I have no idea. Well, they're called a Jenny or a Janet. Okay. So? Okay. Yeah, that's not a Jen ass? That sounds... Yeah. Not a Jen ass. No. <laughs> we can call them Jen ass. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, so, there's 185 different donkey breeds around the world with a population of over 41 million. Fascinating. And did you know... I am fascinated to know where this is going. Well, another fun fact about donkeys, their large ears fan them and keep them cool in the summer heat. Hmm. Interesting. Yeah. Do you know that the countries with the biggest donkey populations are China, followed by Pakistan, Ethiopia, and Mexico? I, th I was going to guess <laughs> Mexico number one. Well... Yeah, I wouldn't have had, I wouldn't have had China. No. Okay. Well, you're probably wondering why I'm throwing all these donkey facts at you guys right now. <laughs> I am. Well, I, certainly, I certainly am. That is because I, my friend, am a self-proclaimed expert in donkey baseball. Oh. oh. Okay. <laughs> I know okay. about donkey baseball. You know about <laughs> yes. donkey baseball. Sean, yeah. have you ever heard of donkey baseball? I haven't. It sounds like something like Donkey Kong baseball, like a video game. But obviously it's not, so oh, no, I'm this... fascinated to know where this is going. Oh, okay. So Ed's... It's the most amazing variation of baseball I've ever seen in my life. I'll just say that. Well, that's why we're talking about it today, Edzy. Um, well, sounds like Edzy already knows. But what is donkey baseball? And the short answer is uh, it is a game of baseball played on the backs of donkeys. The game of donkey baseball is very simple, my friends. You need at least seven donkeys for the defensive team. As the pitcher... In Simply seven donkeys. Simply. You know? Easy breezy seven donkeys. Because yeah. well, we've all got seven donkeys laying around the backyard. Well, you need 11 technically because you need four more donkeys for the base runners. 
<laughs> of course. Yeah. Okay, okay. Of course. Right. But the pitcher and catcher, they are not on donkeys. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. They're, they're, That's right. They are not. Um, so, uh, so the rest of the defense is on top of a Jack or a Jenny with their glove ready to field the ball. The batter is not on a donkey, but he can only advance to first after hitting the ball and mounting his ass and riding there. <laughs> okay, so when he hits, he's not on the donkey, but after they hit, they then have to mount the donkey and ride it to first base. Absolutely. Right. I have a question. Is there, while he's hitting, like, is the donkey, for lack of a better term, moored to something? Or is there someone holding I, the donkey for you? I believe a teammate is, it, is okay. holding, the, holding bridle, the reins of your you donkey. You know, just <laughs> outside of your swing path. If you're on deck, you're holding the donkey <laughs> yeah, reins. That's okay. Get on deck and hold that donkey. <laughs> yeah. I'm fascinated by the idea of, like, you'd have to pick donkeys that, like, are fast but also listen. Like, just I'm thinking about how much we love baseball stats and how that would apply to donkey baseball. <laughs> yeah. Like, does a donkey have a certain, like, miles per hour you want it to go? And, like, does a donkey have a war? This like, is at the end Jerry. Of the He's the fastest donkey I'm in the sure. league. Well, he stole seven bases last year. <laughs> Do they have like a draft or like an international draft? Well, I don't think this is as organized as as you're, as you're putting it together. Wishful but, thinking. Wishful, wishful thinking. thinking. Well, donkeys are notoriously stubborn creatures as well, right? Yes. So that probably adds to the energy. Just like baseball players. Exactly. <laughs> um. So, um, batter's not on a donkey, uh, and yeah, so what happens if the donkeys don't cooperate? Well, that's half the fun. So the defensive players, also, they need to get the ball, and the ball's not always hit right at you. So you're allowed to dismount your donkey to go get the ball. But (laughs) you do have to hold the bridle of the donkey. You can't go more than... The rain's length oh, away okay. from so the donkey. So you have donkey. to drag the donkey. Yeah. I thought you could totally leave the no. donkey and then, okay. No, okay. the donkey, well, and we'll get to it. There's, there's right. different variations on the game. Um, so defensive players are allowed to dismount the donkey to pick up the ball, but they have to maintain a hold of the reins, forcing them unable to stray too far from their donkey. And throwing from your feet, that is a big no-no as well. Of course, once you grab the ball, you have to get back on top of your donkey before (laughs) throwing the ball. So, you might be wondering... I mean, you you couldn't even wind up, really, because, like... No, you can wind up your hands, but you can't, like, lean into it. All arms. No, yeah, it would be all upper body. All upper body. Yeah. Unless you really trained your donkey. Yeah. And you may think, you know, you can't... The pitcher and catcher are mobile without their donkeys, but they're in a box. The pitcher's mound, the pitcher can't leave that island, and the catcher's box, the catcher has to stay right there. So they can't help in any way. Right. Uh, so, let's see where I am here. Uh, there were several variants of the rules, depending on who was running the game. Here is the Ashcroft Cache Creek Journal describing the game about to be played by Captain Bartlett's Donkey Baseball and Thrill Circus in the summer of 1947 in Ashcroft, British Columbia. Wow. Yeah. And I quote, There is no such thing as strikeouts, but there is a special penalty for anyone taking over three strikes, and anyone who hits three foul balls in succession must ride around the bases on his donkey. Backwards. 
So like, like you have to sit backwards. Yes. Okay. Yes. So, That'd be so, hard. It continues. So laugh is the word. If you want to scream and stamp your feet, that's okay too. The donkeys love it. <laughs> Which, okay. I, I like how you've adopted a circus barker voice. For it this it well. has to be done. Um, yeah, absolutely. We, as soon as we get into old timey newspaper quotes, it usually <laughs> it just tends to happen. Yeah. Anything before 1960. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah. it, it finishes. Be at the ballpark tonight at 8 30 so you won't miss this laugh riot of a season season of the season so oh, okay i'm bad at, i'm bad at reading quotes um <laughs> so you might be wondering how did donkey baseball become a thing and i am wondering that well i'm going to try to answer that for you guys but really i mean i really think it's Ah, where is my quote here for this? <laughs> Anyways, but yes, I really think it's just someone that was really bored one day and just had nothing better had to do. Had 11 donkeys laying around. And yeah, just exactly, like... exactly. <laughs> but to, to, to do this for you, uh, so donkey baseball began at some point in the early 20th century as baseball fever was gripping the nation. Donkey baseball became increasingly more and more popular with a huge peak in the 1930s, with several circuses and promoters began putting on shows and starting, uh, starting with small towns where two local clubs would face off against each other, uh, as well as normally the police or the fire department. It was always a traveling, you know, the Lions Club take on the, the police. Yeah. The Shriners. Yeah, yeah. 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 So, with this surge in popularity, donkey owners, <laughs> donkey owners popping up and putting on shows uh, around the U.S., like tr small traveling circuses, increased throughout the 30s, and as we'll see, came to Canada eventually, too. Mm -hmm. So, this article appeared in the Boisier Banner on May 10th, 1934. Once again... <laughs> The Plain Dealing Lions Club will sponsor a gala celebration entitled Woe the Mule. <laughs> Woe the Mule. Friday, which should be of much interest to people throughout the parish because of its varied entertainment features. There will be baseball games, a parade, music, dancing, and other amusements, all under the supervision of the Lions Club. The program is scheduled to get underway at 2 o'clock in the afternoon with a donkey parade. Following this event, a donkey baseball game played from the backs of these stubborn animals will be staged by members of the Lions Club. And to end the night, we're Wait, going so to the same donkey donkeys sausage. in the parade? Yeah, they're doing a whole parade, and it's it's a whole donkey day amazing? called Woe the Mule. <laughs> donkey day. Donkey fest, I love it. 1934. So they continue. <laughs> then at 3.30 o'clock, the Plain Dealing baseball team will engage in, a, in the fast-stepping Sparkaline Club of Shreveport in a regulation nine-inning game. So it's, it's a whole donkey thing preceding a real baseball game that's about to take place. Okay, okay. Which, imagine that field afterwards. They're like, there's donkey shit everywhere. <laughs> everywhere. Like, it would be unusable for a long time. Oh... So, in uh, 1934, the Cannon City Daily Record proclaimed Donkey Baseball, the game of a million laughs. <laughs> when, 
I just, can't imagine it not being entertaining. Oh, so. yeah. Oh, I would watch the shit out of this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, we're going to get. You, I might change your views by the end. Some of this is a little problematic, uh-oh, uh-oh. but I mean, it's up. It's up to you. It's up to you. When <laughs> describing the event uh, featuring back-to-back games, uh, featuring the Cannon City Lions Club going against the Florence Lions Club, the second night featured the North Side Merchants of Main Street against the South Side Merchants of Main Street. <laughs> oh, that sounds like gang activity. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> North side. <laughs> Everyone just break out in a song and dance halfway yeah. through. The- Snapping their fingers and whatnot. Everyone's yeah. putting their gang signs on their donkeys. Exactly. I, I assume that's how gangs fought in the 30s. <laughs> For sure, yeah. yeah. The donkey battles. Yeah. So, actually, that's a great lead into this next part because. Uh, unfortunately, Sean and Eds, uh, just as we've heard about regular baseball, if you want to go back into our archives, uh, Donkey Baseball 2 can turn deadly. Really? So, as some could probably guess, it was not an easy sport to play, and donkey ball players frequently sustained scrapes and bruises and occasionally more serious injuries from kicks and falls. We definitely know one man died playing donkey baseball. Oh my god! <laughs> what a way to go! I want that written on the uh, written on the tombstone. Yeah. Died doing what he loved. Yeah. Drunk on the back donkey of a baseball. donkey <laughs> playing baseball. Yeah. That's the way to go, man. Yep. So August fifth, nineteen thirty-four, policeman William Beck of Pasadena, California, California, fell off his donkey and died at hospital from a cerebral hemorrhage. Oh, man. That's Probably rough. a tall yeah, donkey. Yeah. Well, <laughs> bash your head. Maybe yeah. the donkey kicked him after. Who knows? Yeah, the donkey might have stepped on his head. Yeah. Yeah. So d- despite the death, uh, most of the time, donkey baseball was just good old, cl- not so clean fun. Unless you're the donkeys, yeah. but we'll get to that part. So here's a wonderful account. Uh, I promised some local flavor. So this is an account from Alora, Ontario. Uh, by the Wellington Advisor on July 22nd, 1950. Uh, I'm going to try to read all of this to you guys and get through it. Uh, it's, pretty, uh, it's a pretty substantial article here. The okay. game was billed as a match between the Lions Club and a select group of farmers from that area, or from the area. Saturday was then the traditional night for farmers to come to sh- town to shop. That helped ensure there'd be a good crowd. There was much advanced promotion and a parade up main street preceded the match the game with the independent minded and uncooperative donkeys was a slow one umpires for the game were bill duncan and art badly both of whom were prominent uh were prominent as of city council members and managers with jc the jc mundell company they were dressed incredulously incongruously I'm really bad at reading uh, (laughs) in evening clothes and badly emphasized his authority by brandishing a shotgun (laughs) so the umpires are the donkeys in line the umpires are dressed in in dinner wear brandishing rifle or shotguns Gun, gun fans will be upset with that Uh, it's a shotgun Um, so the Lions Club collected 1200 admissions even though many of them were half-priced children's tickets, the event provided a gratifying surplus for the various civic projects of the club. The Lions team added to the fun by dressing in women's clothing, some ragged and some fancy evening dress wear. 
<laughs> so, wow. Okay. Yes, yes, yes. So we've got, yeah. Yeah, it's, wow. the, it's 1950. It's, it's amazing. Yeah. It's, it's almost. I mean, it sounds like a vibe, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I mean, <laughs> I mean there's, there's a certain crowd now that would be upset with farmers dressing in women's clothes in front of all those children. But mm-hmm. fuck those people. There is a certain crowd, yeah. yeah. Fuck those people. They're like, <laughs> it's a, it's a modern forever. day problem. No, no. Everybody's. <laughs> no, the having, donkey yeah. baseball people were clearly doing it in 1950. Exactly. This it's is not a new thing at all. It's not. Yeah. It's not. <laughs> so, not at all. So they're, they're, the farmers are dressed in women's clothes. The umpires have shotguns and evening wear on. Uh, Dick Oates, the Lions Club pitcher, stood out re- resplendent in black velvet. <laughs> so he, Ooh, black velvet. Bring back black velvet in baseball. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, so, yeah. Oh, sorry. It's the Lions Club that are dressing in women's clothes, not the farmers. The farmers also dressed uh, for the game, most arriving as hillbillies or hicks. <laughs> <laughs> so they're playing. So they probably didn't need to change yeah, too much. So they just yeah. came. Yeah. Cor- yeah. Cor- they arrived in workwear. Yeah. Corley Drimmy donned a cowboy outfit. For most of the game, it was not clear whether he was playing for the Lions or the Farmers. <laughs> <laughs> Must have been an extravagant cowboy's outfit. Absolutely. It was in a zoot. I was going to say, the outfit should give it away. <laughs> yeah. So the match delighted the crowd. Uh, and the Lions had worked out some stunts in advance to add to the fun and had a few tricks to outsmart the farmers. Lion Jim Faskin spent much of the game keeping an infant donkey out of the way of the players. I don't know how that's fun. <laughs> yeah, how's that help? <laughs> <laughs> the attempts of the Lions to tilt the game in their favor were unsuccessful because the farmers showed that they knew how to handle the donkeys. The Lions lost the game 2-1 <laughs> to one, despite some agile pitching and footwork by pitcher Dick Oates. Managers of the company owning the donkeys kept things interesting by changing the rules as the game progressed. In the end, the rules became so complicated, the match descended into mayhem. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Which I can just the imagine. things that I would do for a tape of this. Like, yeah. I just, just this so the Lions yeah. Club dressed in drag with a man running around. The, the umpires <laughs> are holding guns, being like, I don't know the rules. <laughs> and then the donkey people I are just order. telling them whatever the rules are, <laughs> that whatever the hell they want. Yeah. I absolute and rules are you owe us fifty more dollars. <laughs> <laughs> oh my goodness! Uh, so as mentioned, an industry developed uh, around the donkey baseball game. So there is circuses <laughs> and traveling donkey baseball people just driving Excellent. driving down the highway. It's a new economy. Um, yeah, absolutely. Mm-hmm. Uh, driving down the highway, um, but yeah, so. Uh, J. Horace Wern is a man who claimed, one of the few men who claimed to invent the game. Uh, so he was the son <laughs> of a famous saddle maker, uh, and he told the Washington Post in 1948, We play anywhere for 60% of the gate. We played to wow. 50, yeah, we played to 1500 at $1 apiece the other night in Clinton, uh, Missouri. Uh, the Clinton Lions Club against the PTA. That's better than asking people to toss rings over objects for great value. <laughs> oh, that's true, I guess. I guess. I Sixty percent, though, is like you're doing a fundraiser. You're not taking. You're not taking a ton back. No, no, no. Well, I mean, you know, you're you're still collecting a few hundred bucks, but yeah, these people are profit yeah. makers, right? They're 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 running yeah, this clearly. as a business. Um, so mm-hmm. some of the men. Uh, who claimed to have invented the amalgamation of baseball 
uh, and trying to make donkeys do stuff they didn't want to do was Ralph E. Godfrey, who ran Godfrey's Donkeys. Godfrey, right up until the late 70s, was advertising donkey baseball and donkey basketball games. Godfrey's... Basketball, okay. Yeah, yeah, we'll get to that. Uh, Godfrey's posters would proclaim, Better than a rodeo, funnier than a circus. See prominent local people ride these stubborn, tricky donkeys in the funniest game ever played. Godfrey may have crashed in on donkey baseball, but the man who probably made made it most famous was a man named Ray Doan. So Ray Doan was born May 8th, 1896 in Montezuma, Iowa. So Doan grew up in Iowa and was uh, a a great up-and-coming pitcher until the unthinkable happened and he blew out his arm. Without modern surgeries, Ray Doan's career was over on the field, (laughs) but not off of the field. Doan worked as a fitness director and a coach until he, lear- until he turned his sti- sights on spro- sports promotion and publicity. Doan would find famous clients on the field, including uh, the, Kansas, the Kansas City Monarchs, uh, the House of David baseball team, who we will cover, uh-huh. uh, and famous yes. pioneering female golfer Babe Didrikson. So he got all these people to do donkey baseball events, uh, and okay. and would promote. But he would also, but he promoted all these people too, right? He was he was not just right. he, he was taking cuts from getting all these people real baseball games too. But yeah. yeah. Um, so in 1933, Doan opened the All Star Baseball Academy, uh, Hot Springs Ark in Hot Springs, Arkansas. So this was not a mistake. Uh, to put the facility in Hot Springs, Arkansas, because that was a celebrity vacation spot at the time. It was a big, you know, I'm, I'm trying to think of the, the Jackson Hole or whatever of the time. In Arkansas? Interesting. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Hot Springs, Arkansas. We hear a lot about, about teams going down for spring training in Arkansas at this time, That's too. That's true. Yeah. Um, right, right. So this business was mo- nothing more than that. Uh, he ran this baseball academy. Uh, just trying to get people to come with a baseball dream from 1933 to 1938. Uh, he didn't really promise them fame and fortune, but what he did have was great connections and major league coaches that would come to his academy in the off season. So people would pay okay. this dude bank to come. Yeah. Yeah. It's it's pretty similar. Work to what, with these coaches. Yeah, it's similar to what we see now with like per- perfect game and all this stuff uh, uh, across yeah. America. This was the first big baseball showcase academy where you know guys weren't necessarily promised fame and fortune, but you know, they were like this is the spot where people are going to come and watch you, kind of thing. Right? And yeah, and they can improve to... your skills. Yeah, yeah. <clears throat> and Don's going to make money off of this. Uh, so yeah, he uh, his his instructors included Cy Young. Grover Cleveland Alexander, Rogers Hornby, George Sisler, Tris Speaker, uh, among others. Which is interesting also that there are no black guys considering he worked with the Monarchs, but I guess it was in <laughs> Arkansas. In the, yeah, yeah, okay, never mind. The That's, of yeah, there's a lot going on there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So Doan uh, would make a small fortune running the baseball field, but not only would Doan have his academy, he was also a big name in the barnstorming game, and sometimes these exhibitions featured donkey baseball, the game Doan claimed he invented in 1934. So that okay. is interesting. It, yeah, it seemed to have popped yeah. up in the early 30s with a bunch of different people. Yeah. So no one knows exactly. But this guy was the guy that, that got most famous for it. Uh, he would get stars to take part on occasion, as I talked about. Uh, though for reasons discussed earlier, uh, major 
major leaguers rarely took part because um, <laughs> they didn't want to get hurt. And uh, but the black players, he he tried to be cool Papa Bell. If you know who that is, once again, listen to one yeah. of our earlier episodes. He was like, "Fuck you! I am not riding a donkey man." <laughs> like he was, he just would not have it. So um, I, I get that. Yeah, yeah, I get it too. Especially if you're a star at the time, he could outrun a horse. So. He could. <laughs> so. Um, Doan was well-known for promoting barnstorming baseball exhibitions throughout the country. He was a pioneer of interracial matchups featuring marquee names, uh, but was also most likely motivated by the crowds it brought out and the money he made from it. In 1935, mm. a short film entitled Donkey Baseball was produced by Metro-Goldwyn-Mayer. Metro uh, the film was a hit and is still available to this day on YouTube. I was going to say, I think I've seen... That's the <laughs> clip I think I've seen. Yeah. So I you know have, what I'm doing today. Yeah. yeah, I have no idea... Check it out. I have no idea whether this uh, it had anything to do with Don't, but, but it, he had the connections to kind of get this film made so I, I, yeah. I couldn't I can't verify that but I feel like he had a part in it um, so makes sense yeah so anyways Don's detractors would call him a hustler and a slime ball so who knows if he was actually good a good promoter and who knows if he actually invented donkey baseball probably not mm -hmm. based on that reputation I'm gonna guess not yeah so eventually Bob Feller ended up screwing him out of his barnstorming empire so there's that um, that's cool okay. so, but without Ray Doan the game of donkey baseball would not have reached the heights it once did when traveling baseball was at its peak so as you can guess over the years uh, demand for donkey baseball services have declined in modern society. The potential of lawsuits due to injury are probably the biggest issue uh, why we don't see donkey traveling donkey entourages anymore. Animal rights activists, though, have also pointed out that donkey baseball and basketball is probably a cruel activity for these donkeys. Um, well, I mean, I don't think the donkeys really want to play baseball or basketball. <laughs> I don't know. I don't think donkey, so I can't speak for them. But. I mean, yeah, yeah. I'm, yeah, I'm being presumptuous, <laughs> but, you know. So in, in, in July of, of 2003, PETA successfully lobbied the town of Thompson, New York, to cancel their scheduled donkey baseball game between the Monticello Police Department and the Sullivan County Sheriff's Department, uh, referring to donkey basketball, uh, which many donkey baseball companies also offer, Christy Phelps, a PETA spokeswoman, said, Donkeys have no place in a gym. They are very easily confused and have no idea what's going on. Clearly, Edzie's dog. Uh, same, I mean, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Did you just say same? <laughs> yeah. No place in a gym. Easily confused. Yeah. <laughs> um, so, I can't say uh, I'm necessarily a, a big fan of PETA, um, but there is the same criticisms being levied by the National Miniature Donkey Association. So you know that have, there, there's, some, there's some backing to these claims. Yeah, like, they're, sp they're specifically donkey advocates. Yeah, like, They would know what the donkeys want, I think. Do, do not fuck with the we, NMDA. But NIMDA, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I mean, we don't see traveling circuses the way that we did before at all and it makes sense that this would follow kind of the same right when you said 2003 i was kind of shocked that we were still even doing this then oh well well we're getting more and more modern as this goes and we're almost done here so here we go people still to this day defend the practice using the defense that the donkeys are treated 
treated well, and they are strong-minded to the impo- to the point where it's impossible to get them to do something they don't want to do, which is <laughs> kind of a weird defense. Yeah. Uh, Very weird, I would say. Yeah, you know, they're, they're like, well, that's the fun, is they don't cooperate. <laughs> so, <laughs> yeah. yeah, they don't want to do it. That's, a, that's why we're here. Yeah, that, that's kind of the same thing people are saying. Like, yeah, if they're yeah. telling you they don't want to do something, why are we making them do it? Oh, it's because yeah. you're, you're making money. They're, they don't get money. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. Um, Doesn't improve their lives. Um, so they get, and then the, this is another great claim by the donkey companies. They're like, nine times out of ten, it's the person that gets hurt. <laughs> and what about the other one? Well, yeah. well, and also it's just like, oh, well, that's great. Like the people are getting hurt, yeah. not the donkeys. <laughs> yeah, great. Yeah, most of the time. <laughs> most of the time. Sometimes we kill a donkey. Not gonna lie. So. On top of all of that, there are lots of lawsuits as well. In 1997, a federal jury awarded an Illinois man $110,000 after a donkey kicked him in the knee. Uh, oh. fifth, yeah. <laughs> so, or, like, a son of a bitch. Yeah, so... Yeah, a fifth grade... In the front of the knee? I don't know. Because that'd be way oh. worse. Oh, no. I feel I, like the front yeah. is worse than the side and definitely worse than the back. Yep. Um, so... <laughs> 2003, a fifth grade teacher in Florida settled a lawsuit after falling off a donkey during a game. So, it's not <laughs> with modern society and, and you know, civil lawsuits, uh, abundant as they are, especially in the United States, we, we see there's clearly yes. a problem here. So, in 2009, yep. the New York Times, the very serious New York Times, uh, ran an article entitled, Donkey Baseball Stubbornly Holds On Despite Criticism. <laughs> that's, oh, apt, God. that's aptly headlined yep <laughs> yeah that sounds about right in that article brenda Embergy, owner of a tennessee-based circle a donkey ball company told a reporter from the new york times that animal cruelty concerns and liability issues would mean there's going to come a day when there's no longer going to be a donkey ball <laughs> yeah. What a lament. Yeah. They should have been about 40 years ago. <laughs> <laughs> Long in the past. Um, yes. Yet, to this day, uh, that day has not come. You can still find a donkey baseball or basketball game in rural America. And if you have access to a softball field you wish to destroy and enough money, you can arrange a donkey ball game by calling 1 8 Donkey. I'm not kidding. One eight eight donkey. Excellent. I, I almost thought about calling it during this podcast <laughs> just to see what happens. Just to see what happens. Just to see. It's a yeah, Sunday. Ask them if they'd come play at the Sky Dome. <laughs> Look, we got an idea. We'll give yeah. you sixty percent of the gate. There's no grass yeah. to wreck. All, th- all thirty people that come. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um. So yeah, if you want. I guess go ahead, but I'm not going to do it. So the final thing, the most recent thing I can find, well, there's probably more recent, but the most, uh, surprisingly, this was featured on MLB.com in 2014. New Mexico's Alamogordo Optimus Club sponsored a charity donkey baseball game. And as I said, it was highlighted on MLB.com. You can you can still go there and Great. watch some video clips of uh, local officials uh, riding some donkeys trying to play baseball. Oh, nice. <laughs> I, I'll have to check that out. I haven't seen any like modern 
footage of this game. I've only seen the the black and white stuff from the from the fifties. Yeah. From the fifties, so that that's donkey baseball, fellas. All right, well that's interesting. A, that's a, I mean, I'm I'm interested in why they chose donkey. As opposed to, I don't even horses move faster. Like, I mean, I guess the comedy is in that they don't listen, right? Like, you're not actually trying to play a competitive game, really. Yeah. Yeah, they're just trying to entertain people as much by watching people struggle. Yeah. Well, I mean, that that's think about how if if you were a kid in 1935, like, come on. You'd be stoked. That's true. There's not a whole lot. Oh, if on. I was a kid in 2023 and I heard about this, <laughs> I would be stoked. Yeah. I, as an adult, I can understand how this is problematic. As a child, I would have been like, sign me up. That's true. And you did mention that most of the tickets for that one event oh. was half price child tickets. Oh, so, yeah. It would know. have been talk of the town for weeks. Speaking of talk of the town, I just want to mention that the the reason I know about this is okay. because, you know, when we first started this podcast back in the day, uh, my friend Bruce that I used to work with was suggesting topics to me. And he was like, just go Google donkey baseball. <laughs> and I did. Wow. And, and he was like, he was like, they had it. There was an event. The Schomburg Lions had, had a donkey baseball <laughs> event at one point, I that, believe. That's that, how we knew about it. That's, so, that's amazing. Yeah. yeah. That's well. Yeah. I, I did find a lot of Canadian. There was one in uh, Deseronto uh, near Belleville around the same time. It sounded like that uh, donkey baseball was kind of making its way eastward throughout the summertime, and uh, you know went from Alora and ended up in Deseronto. I think I saw some stuff in Cornwall as well mm-hmm. in 1950. So you know, I, I took yeah. out the most funny one with the you know the the <laughs> drag wearing yeah. you know also fancy yeah. shotgun wielding referees and uh, it's just and anything with shotgun wielding is like <laughs> yeah that story's yeah. gonna slap every <laughs> i also love that it just so so like easily was like it descended into chaos and you're like someone had a gun like what does that mean yeah. <laughs> yeah. but also like it has to descend into chaos right like if you've got 14 donkeys you've got uh all these people dressed in drag and you've got the shotgun wielding guy like Anything other than chaos would be more surprising. I mean, it's pretty chaotic just to begin with. Yeah. Yeah. Chaos is the point. Exactly. It's it's a lot of fun. And, uh, yeah, Yeah. I I didn't think I could uh, at first put together a long enough episode on this in order to, to, you know, we like to make it at least, uh, you know, 25, half hour. But, holy shit, Mm -hmm. I got rolling with this and... and, It, it was awesome. I, we, we were so happy to have you back for this one uh, and have some fun. And uh, yeah. 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 Oh my God. Ed's dog is being so loud, too. I don't know if you heard that throughout the episode. <laughs> uh, he's okay. Yeah. I can't hear him, but I can see him kind of running around. <laughs> oh my God. Well, thank you, Sean. Where, where can, uh, once again, uh, where, where can people uh, follow you and, and tell us about your Substack uh, one more time? Yeah. You can follow me on Twitter at junk underscore baller. And if you go there, then you can find the Substack, which is junkballloversclub.substack.com, where uh, just talk about kind of the beautiful parts of baseball, kind of the reasons we, we love this silly sport. Thank you so Great. much. Thank you so much. All right, Edzie. Where, Thank where, you. Where, where can the people find us? Well, they can find us at uh, on Twitter at Doing Baseball and on Instagram at Doing.Baseball and TikTok at Doing Baseball. Absolutely. Find me at Sean Do Baseball. And me at Ed's Do Baseball. And of course, thank you for listening to us on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Podbean, wherever you're finding our podcasts. Thank you for 
growing our audience quite a bit in the last year. We really appreciate all the all the support that everybody's given us. And uh, yeah, yeah. Till next time, I'm Sean and I'm Eds, and uh, we were doing the baseball. Thanks so much again, Sean. Thank you. Okay, bye. Bye.